Welcome to the new and improved, but mostly the same Midwest Game Nerds podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. Today, we're going to do a backlog segment, patch notes, and some inside baseball. But before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network has a Patreon. The Patreon supports all of the shows on our network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, David O, Alan K, and Corey Z for the contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quests. Side Quests are where we veer off... Where we, I mess this up every time because of the way I wrote this. <laughs> it's where we veer off outside the realm of video games and into food, beverages, movies, TVs, and more. Join our Patreon to get those episodes a week early. Otherwise, they will end up in the feed uh, in between regular episodes. Uh, as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Alex, any bumpers for the network? Yes, the Horror Beer Book Boys have a tiny tear that came out this past Friday called Midwest Horror Game Nerds colon Hawaii style, Hawaiian style. So please go listen to that. They talk about uh, Tim's recent trip to Hawaii as and well pineapple as... Pineapple on pizza? Uh, yeah, there's pineapple on the pizza and then Tim went to Hawaii and also they talk about the Last of Us uh, show trailer that came out recently the new Silent Hill movie and game rumors and the killer clowns from outer space game that got announced recently for some reason. So go check that out for all of your horror game needs. Uh, and they will be talking, I believe about werewolf by night, the recent Marvel, uh, Marvel special holiday special that Marvel put out on Disney plus. Uh, so check that out before the new episode releases this Friday on horrormovieyearbook.com cool let's get into some backlog all right i'll play the theme the plans i make still have you in them but new games swim into view and i really want to play them but i want to play you too new games keep coming out but i only think of you i only know that i will Get to you someday in the backlog. It makes me very sad you guys can't hear it. Uh, There's got to be well. some other additional audio There's... tweak that you can do. I, someone, would, I think Kirk Hamilton was talking about it on his Strong Song, Songs podcast about music lessons and how uh, music teachers doing music lessons over Zoom have to make a bunch of audio changes. There's got to mm. be something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in order to anyway. yeah not deal with that anyways uh, so in preparation for God of War Ragnarok I went back and started playing God of War 2018 uh, on PS5 this time around it is absolutely stunning still it looked great on PS4 it looks even better on PS5 you're, you're um, playing on the... I believe they, they have a uh, enhanced performance mode or something for PlayStation 5, I believe. Yeah, with like HDR and everything. Well, and, and, well, they had all the HDR and everything, but I think it's just an unlocked frame rate. So they let it go. 
yeah it's 60 it's, plus or it's something. buttery smooth yeah. it's so it's it is yeah i mean it, again it looked great on ps4 it i remember playing it and i think it was one of the scenes where you're climbing up the mountainside and there's snow and you're stepping in the snow and just being like are you kidding me like <laughs> originally and still i'm not even to that part yet and it's it still looks crazy good um there, there is some like dead eyes like effect going on with it, just because <laughs> the models are so upresed and beautiful that like the textures don't quite do the trick. Because I don't think they really tweaked any of the textures per se. But, um, man, it yeah, it's just it's such a great looking game and it plays so good. Uh, they did some tweaking of the uh the the controller too with the haptic feedback on the Dual Sense. So you feel it in the triggers a little bit more, which is cool. Um, but yeah, it's just such a such a great game. The trailer that came out for Ragnarok just made me... I, I remember watching the trailer and it got done and I'm like, if anything, that game is going to have the best story of any game this entire year. Because nobody knows what's going on in Elden Ring still. And everything <laughs> else that came out nobody's talking anybody only cares about is Elden Ring and nobody knows what the story is in that because I mean I thought the story in Horizon Forbidden West was awesome what story nobody's talking about it nobody nobody anywhere why would I talk to you about it because you wouldn't understand how you didn't play the first I wouldn't understand but there's in the zeitgeist of things you're not hearing anything about that game I think there's two things. I think number one is Elden Ring came out and everybody forgot about Horizon at the same out, like, time, basically a week before. Yeah, I don't know. And then two, I think there are people that finished that game that did not like that story, and I think they're stupid. But that's my opinion on those people in particular. I, that's the thing is, I don't. Uh, I feel like I didn't hear anything about the story because not because it it. Uh, it wasn't good because I didn't even hear bad things about the story. I think I just heard a nothing about it. I heard people talking about the gameplay being just kind of like, Neh, like there's which, a lot about that game that you probably don't want to talk about because you don't want to give anything away in terms sure. of the story. There's, I can there's a lot that. in like, I would say what you assume that game is about is completely wrong. And you find out, Probably 12 hours in. I don't know, Brian. I can't even remember. Some, it was like 12 to 15, probably. Yeah. And then it and then it completely switches. And then by the end of the game, you're like, what? I didn't know we were going to get here in these 20 to 40 hours that I played in this video game. So I, I think uh, I think there's a lot of people that are holding that back. But anyway, I mean, ultimately, I game I, that. Yeah, that it's what, not part our, of my yeah. backlog, although Horizon <laughs> Uh, Zero Dawn is technically part of my backlog because I do keep restarting it and putting it down and then starting it back up again and restarting over and over again, rinse and repeat. Um, I'm that Tom Cruise movie, but with Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. I don't, what's the name of that movie? Live, well, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Edge of Tomorrow. is That's the real is. name until yeah. they renamed it Live, Die, Repeat, which is... They literally renamed it that? Kind of, yeah. When they That's When it came stupid. out on like Blu-ray, I don't know. That's weird. Because Edge of Tomorrow didn't make enough sense, I guess. Because nobody saw it, and they were like, what if we call well, it Well, since Live, nobody Die, saw it, we repeat. could change the name. They're like, maybe more people will see it if we make it simple for them. They don't understand that Tomorrow's got an edge on it. 
But right. they do understand that people live and then they die and then we repeat it again. That's what the yeah. movie's all about. We put the plot of tomorrow the movie in tomorrow wears a pompadour and uses a switchblade knife. <laughs> That's the uh, sequel to Middle of Everywhere, right? Yeah. Or, or Middle of Yesterday. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> no, I don't yesterday. have the, 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 the rim shot is not, or the sad trombone. They're on different pages of my soundboard. I mean, I don't know. Middle of Yesterday could also be the sequel to... Edge it could also tomorrow. be a prequel because I mean it's all lived I repeat, you know. Mm. Lunchtime the day before. <laughs> Anyways, there's the edge of tomorrow, and then the day after tomorrow. You well, should have saved this tomorrow. for the side quest. Tomorrow but... never dies is another movie in the series. Mm. Uh, oh, what okay. else has tomorrow in it? Uh, that's all. I hit the three and the, the trilogy, song or that movie yesterday. Right? That came out? No, that's the prequel. That that one came way later. I think Peter Jackson also directed. Gotcha. You know. Anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah, any anyway. The God of War Ragnarok trailer just had me inspired to go back and replay twenty eighteen because I remember twenty eighteen being a great game. I apparently didn't really it didn't really like latch in, in. I think my brain is just burnt out in general. I did play through that whole game pretty quickly. I think in comparison to other games I've played, so it's it. I don't recall a lot of the stuff that happened. Um, but yeah, it's just what a what an amazingly looking amazing looking game and playing. It plays great. I booted it up last night, um, and I, I like. Uh, <sighs> I have a save game that's at the end of the game and I was like, I would like to restart this, but there's a new game plus. And then I Googled it and it was like the new game plus adds more challenge to the game by making enemies harder. And I was like, well, I can't do that because that's just <laughs> not going to go well. It's, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I will admit I'm playing it in story mode because I, I really just wanted to recap the story through it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to get too YouTube, caught up, man. Yeah, that's kind of well, but I wanted th- to play it again because I wanted to feel the game. I wanted to experience on PS5 really, like and just yeah, see mm-hmm. like what the difference is there visually and everything and it definitely feels different, like smoother, prettier, whatever. Um plus I remember a lot of the dialogue, especially once you get the one severed head dude attached Linear. to your belt. Yeah. I remember him being pretty awesome. I yeah, think I'm going to do a, the two dwarven dudes are pretty hilarious too. Like the one dude is like, "Oh, get the fuck over here!" and his name's Brock or something like that. Like, I think I'm going to do a little bit of both. Like, I think there I'm is gonna, a lot of gratuitous swearing that doesn't make sense in this, but it's God of War. So. It is God of uh, War. There was a lot of sex and blood and everything else. So why not just add gratuitous swearing? Yeah, I think I'm going to play like the first couple hours, and then I'm probably just going to watch a YouTube recap before. Ragnarok comes out because I don't yeah. think I'm gonna get through the whole thing before. When does that come out again? November ninth, something okay. like that. It's so like less than a month. Week. Yeah, or a month. Let's get it right. God of War Ragnarok November ninth. Yeah, John got it right. November ninth. Nailed it. Um. Uh, yeah. So I've been playing that, and I also fired up Cyberpunk on the PS5, and. uh that game is very good looking and it runs very smooth. I have had zero issues. They definitely should have just taken an extra year to really figure that one out. Well, it's two been years. two, though. Yeah, fair <laughs> yeah, enough. I was going to say. 
I'm assuming they took their time. I'm getting Uh, attacked by yawns again because we're recording late, but... No problem. um, Yeah, so I've decided that it's not a really good game, though. Mm -hmm. Like, I like... The thing getting me through it is the story is intriguing, especially because I decided to focus less on doing side quests and just overpowering myself and more on just trying to see, like, where does the Johnny Silverhand stuff go? I do think uh, Keanu Reeves' performance is not great, but Mm. it's Keanu Reeves. Like, I don't know. Whatever. Um, I did get to the point where, and this is still super early in, in the overall story, but... The point where you go to the Voodoo Boys and you're trying to break into like the giant mall and and unlock the Voodoo Boys people that they have prison like kind mm. of like trapped in the ice server or whatever the hell it is. This all sounds crazy. Um, <laughs> sounds normal. That's part of that's part of what's cool about it is like the world building. In this game is pretty sick. There's a ton of lore. It's it's very vast and and like cool and deep and. I can't remember the dude's name, the guy who invented Cyberpunk, but it makes me want to play the tabletop RPG um, a lot because I can understand where, like, this, like, they, they could never really translate the tabletop RPG to, like, a video game RPG. It doesn't quite work the same. And, oh, man, these yawns are killing me. And, uh... It's it's some of these other story elements that I find the most interesting. Like it is cool to like get popped into Johnny Silverhand's memories and play as him and like spoiler alert that you get to do that, I guess. Um and use a sick gun. And he's like super overpowered and has like massive like energy regen abilities and his revolver is insanely overpowered and one shots everything. <laughs> it just makes you feel fucking badass and you're like I am I am Johnny Silverhand. Like I am going to wreck everybody in this shit like hard. And you and you do to an extent. It, it you fucking you really just start tearing people up as him and it's cool as shit when you're breaking into the uh, Arasaka Tower and you're trying to go after Alt and you're trying to get her body and mind, I guess. Again, this all sounds crazy. This the whole <laughs> thing sounds fucking insane. Um, because the game is so deep. It's got a lot of story to tell and I can see where the translation from tabletop RPG to video game is like next to impossible. It's no wonder this game took so long for them to develop because... In a tabletop RPG, there are so many options and things and and pathways to accomplish tasks. And, like, with a video game, you can only have so much of that freedom of choice, I think. And so, to narrow everything down to, like, fetch quests and, like, go here, kill this, come back. Like, go here, hunt down this car that has its own AI, like, built into it that went rogue. And there's seven of them and you got to find them. Like... Yeah. tracking things in games like this is kind of boring like it's just not that fun but developing the character and and I suppose like the later game stuff is going to be better when you can do some of the super quick movement shit and I have get the mantis arms or like the the rip wire thing that you can strangle people with like once you start getting into that it's probably way more fun but when you're just starting out like the, the firing the shooting mechanics are okay but like I feel like I should have vats in this like in any game that you should have something like vats from fallout 
this is that game. Like, why? If I've got all these cybernetic optics, like, why is that not a cybernetic optic option for me to have to be able to go and buy an upgrade to make my eyesight slow time and pinpoint appendages? Is that not something in this game? I don't think so. I mean, if I recall, there's like uh, smart weapons though that kind of aim for you. Well, yeah, yeah like you could that. literally, you could literally, just, like me, because I, I can't aim with a controller anymore. I just like hover around the enemy, and all my smart bullets just go and yeah. hit them anyways. But they do like a decreased amount of damage. Like I would rather have like a focus thing that I can tap a shoulder button and it focuses on a particular appendage, and I can blow their arm off or whatever. You know what I mean? Like in any game of of any game that we've ever played. It makes more sense in this to have a system like Vats from Fallout than it does to even have it in Fallout, personally. But yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, I honestly, I don't know. I'd be kind of surprised if there isn't something along the like not Vats. I'm sure it's been modded that way on PC, or or like maybe a skill down the skill tree somewhere that does something like that. But I don't remember. I I know there's software you can get that uh, slows time down. Yeah, like, there's a lot of things, like, I've got the thing that when I get sighted by an enemy, that it slows time for two seconds for me to react, so I can get sighted, and then I can react and move out of the way, and out of sight, to to delay their response. Or, like, um, you know, you you can breach someone's brain or whatever, and hack their eyesight, and turn off their their sight, their vision, so they can't actually see you, and things like, like, there's all kinds of other, there's all kinds of other cool shit that you can do, but, like... For the actual gun mechanics, I feel like Vats would be sick here. Because mm-hmm. um, otherwise, it just makes me want to find a sniper rifle and distance hit everybody, you know? Which I, is what I did in Fallout 2, which yep. doesn't make sense. But um, Maybe you're just a wuss. But yeah, it looks great. The music is still some of the best fucking video game music I've ever heard in my life. It is, like, I still, I have the soundtrack on CD in my car. It's the only, it's the CD that's in my car CD player. <laughs> when I don't, when I forget to plug in my phone or something, it just starts playing and I'm, and I just get hyped and I just, you know, want to install a bunch of cybernetics and join the mainframe, you know, like, um, yeah, the music is sick and the game looks beautiful. It runs great on PS five. The haptic feedback and the dual sense controller stuff is awesome, especially when you're driving the cars and you can feel them shift gears is pretty mm-hmm. sick. Like, hmm. I, yeah, that's it's so badass. Um, it just feels good. It feels good in your hands when you're playing it. It just it react. And then uh, when you're doing melee attacks, as you run out of stamina, the triggers become harder to pull, which is oh, sick. That's cool. So, like, never saw that coming. You know, like I like I'm sitting there trying to like you. There's the one quick little side quest at the very beginning where. Uh, the guy in your apartment tower invites you to fight the robot or whatever, and so you just do it for shits and giggles to like unlock a set of like street fights that you can win a bunch yeah. of money from. And I was doing that, and I'm just like spamming the shoulder buttons, you know, the triggers to like attack. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, why are these so fucking hard to pull? And I'm and it's like I'm like my, I'm hurting my hands doing this. And then I realize <laughs> like, oh, I have no stamina, and the triggers got harder to pull. Like that's crazy. Like what a cool thing to do with the controller. That so, is cool. Yeah, it just it it was worth the twenty four dollars I spent buying it for PS five, even though it's still the PS four version technically. But it, I'm gonna get an even better PS five upgraded version later. I don't know if they're still doing that or not. Uh that's a good question. But also, that. like, they just released the trailer for the expansion, and the expansion looks fucking crazy awesome. 
like I mean, I don't even remember. It's like Liberty something or other, like Phantom Phantom Liberty. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anything with the word Phantom is dope. Like Phantom Pain. That's cool. It's true. Yes. But anyways, yeah, it's Cyberpunk is not the greatest game in terms of gameplay because it is just it is an open world first person RPG. And if you're someone like me or I guess even Alex at this point, like if you like you already beat it, so you don't really have to go back and play through it again. But if you did. Having already beat it, you probably would focus more on side quests at this point in this, but you would never finish. You would just, there's so much shit to do. Like you would probably never finish any of it. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of at the point where I feel like if I do go back to this game, it'll be when that expansion or like standalone, whatever, whatever it is comes out. The sequel uh, that they've announced too. Well, yeah, there's another sequel too. I feel like it depending on, cause here's the thing. I feel like they finally got to where they should go. Right. With this game. They're starting where they should have started, and I'm curious to see what the game they can make is when they're not busy debugging it. You know, yeah. Like, I or think or like, you know, another version of The Witcher Three. You know, like, quit focusing your attention on that and make this game like dope because this game can be it can be so much more. Yeah, I mean, so you know, I don't know. I, we're kind of leaking into. Our patch notes. So I'm going to play that stinger here. One last thing on Cyberpunk, though, real quick. I'm just jumping real fast. If they if they made the, the multiplayer... If they made a Cyberpunk metaverse-style multiplayer VR game out of this, it would, it would be a fucking juggernaut. It would destroy. Everyone would want to play it. It would, it would be exactly what everybody wants, like, Facebook metaverse, Quest metaverse to be. Because apparently that's a giant 3D cartoon that looks like shit and is dumb. And th- and this would be so fucking sick as the metaverse style universe where you put on a VR helmet and go in and play cyberpunk with your friends online. That's all. Go ahead, Brian. And now, Patch Notes with John, Brian, and Alex. Well, very recently, CD Projekt Red announced a whole slew of projects they're working on and that was not one of them as far as we know but it could be <laughs> because they didn't get into details on most of these yeah, or any very really. vague there's two cyberpunk things in development there are 35 witcher things in development all of them are the witcher 3 and then there's a new ip that's coming so those are all of the things that they have announced i'm being facetious about the witcher thing there are there's a new Witcher trilogy that's in development. There's a an open world Witcher game, and then there's a Witcher game that is coming from the creators of The Flame and the Flood, a game that we talked about previously, uh, that John played a little bit of, uh, who the developer was acquired by CD Projekt Red uh, some time ago. So that's everything that they have on the board. So eight games total they've announced. Also, by the way, forget about all that crunch crap that happened with us. It's going to be okay. We're making now four times more projects than we have ever worked on at one time. But don't worry, we're going to do it humanely. Yeah, because now nothing has release dates. Yeah, nothing has release dates. We're not pharaohs throwing slaves at the, at the, the pyramids that we're trying to build. We're just 
We're just making video games. It's all fun. Um, but, yes. So there's a lot of stuff that they announced. Indeed. And they've, they've even promised that they will do... They're doing... The Witcher 4 will come out. And then three years after that, they're going to have another Witcher game. And then three years after that one, they're going to have another Witcher game. So they're promising that in like, you know, somewhere in the intermediate 15 years, there's going to be three new Witcher games out. And then two other Witcher games on top of that. That's not overly ambitious. 15 years. I mean, that's a generation and a half of systems. Yeah, right? I should say as long as they go for the next gen every time and they don't try to develop for the basically now previous gen at the same time and screw everything up, maybe it'll be okay. Well, they put out The Witcher 1, 2, and 3 about from 2007 to 2015, all right? So, and that was when they were working on one game at a time. And now they're working on three games in-house, four games actually, because two of them are cyberpunk, and then a new Witcher, and then the new IP, which is big because they've never done their own IP before. Both the Witcher and cyberpunk are pre-existing IPs that they've made games of. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's. I get it. They may, they're going to staff up, and and they got a lot of people that probably want to come work for the people that made The Witcher Three, and you know Cyberpunk. As John, you know, we didn't quite get into it, but Cyberpunk is seeing a resurgence after the anime Cyberpunk Edge Runners came out on Netflix. Um, so you know they're they've got a lot coming, which is cool. I I hope uh, it's good, but it's a lot. They kind of called their shots. They did a little bit of a, they did a little bit of like a, a Marvel, like, hey, here's everything that we're going to be working on for the next so many years. Because I, you know, I don't think, uh, with everything they announced, is everything going to be out in the next 15 years? Maybe, probably, but maybe not. There might be some things that kind of. I'd say probably like two thirds of it, maybe. Yeah. Like a good, a good to chunk. Be, to be realistic about it. It's just a lot at once. I, I, um, yeah, it's not laid out very clearly on uh, any source that I have found. Yeah, well, this is like, this is like if George R.R. R. Martin came out like before <laughs> any of like the Game of Thrones <laughs> stuff like hit big and was like, hey, guys, I got ideas for these books. It's calling his, calling his shot on the pool table. The, the no. major takeaway here is that they're working on a new IP. They're working on a new Witcher trilogy and other Witcher spin-off games and the Cyberpunk sequel codenamed Orion. And they are also switching to the Unreal 5 engine, which is a big deal and I think it'll actually make things it'll it should less make things buggy move quicker and yeah, yeah move quicker. Yes, because they if, won't be working with a proprietary engine. And they can literally, like, just take a photo of a rock and create, like, some AI-generated texture of rocks, and it, yeah. like, just works perfectly. In fact, maybe Unreal Engine 5 will just create most of this game for them, and then that'll <laughs> really speed things along. Um, 
Yeah. Well, and the other thing that I think, so like, like you said, Brian, the new IP is interesting. Project Hadar, I think it is called. I didn't hear anybody pronounce it, but, uh, the first time that they're making an original IP. Um, so that's interesting. And the fact that, you know, everybody assumed after, uh, cyberpunk was not well received, um, that they would pivot pretty hard away from it. So the fact that there's an expansion coming and they're confident enough in what they've done to make a sequel is good. And I, I, I'm as somebody who did not like necessarily enjoy the original cyberpunk experience. Uh, I, I'm still curious to know, like I said, like I was getting to say in our last segment, what they will make when they're not fighting with the tools and they're not fighting with the the engine and, and getting everything just working from from the first step. Uh, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what they can do in that world. Maybe they will get to the depth and breadth of gameplay that john or closer to it that john was looking for in terms of the tabletop rpg being translated into a video game we'll yeah. see yeah that's enough about that all right got one more thing to cover <laughs> on uh september 29th google announced that they are shutting down stadia and we were not surprised at all because they don't seem to stick with anything game related. Yes. Um, and so they, sorry, go on. No, go ahead. Well, they announced a fact to go along with it because there's, this raises a whole slew of questions as to what's going to happen to everyone that uses it and has been paying for it. Um, and, they will be shutting servers down by January 18th. And I, what I don't know for sure is, is everyone covered under the return policy? Like anyone that's ever bought into it? That's what they have said here. On, yeah. Uh, They're not refunding there's... you for like your microtransactions, I don't think, but you're getting refunds for like every game and piece of hardware. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty, uh, good on them i feel to offer that but it's a a big bummer i mean i know you guys played around with stadia a bit mostly john and uh the technology is really good they just didn't really put the work into the ecosystem for it i feel like there's just not enough content and they just don't seem to care i guess i don't know my my Google Stadia stuff is nice. all neatly packed away in its box. Uh, yeah, I mean, <sighs> the thing is, is that Microsoft is already doing it better than them. That's debatable, you know? though, because I feel like from the Stadia subreddit that a lot of people were like, oh, well, we can just switch over to xCloud and like a bunch of xCloud people are like, yeah, but it doesn't work as good as Stadia does. Like there's everyone's experience is different is the thing. And like they were like stadia was trying to like unify experience, you know, through streaming. And they kind of did to some extent. I feel like I always felt the stadia experience worked a lot better than X cloud. That was just my personal experience with it. There was definitely latency and delay and everything, but 
depending on the game, it didn't really matter. Like I was playing the division two and it worked perfectly. So that's cool. Like I had no issues with that, but trying to play competitive destiny was like very difficult. Um, yeah, I mean, I should say I don't. I, I, I we have to take my opinions with a grain of salt here because typically with these streaming systems, I don't try to play the games that um are very Twitch oriented. You know, I was playing Unpacking, I think, on Xbox uh, uh, cloud streaming, and and you know, I played a little bit of Tunic, and yeah, there is input lag, but I, it it felt the same to me as Google Stadia in a lot of ways, and that could just be. That's the thing with these streaming. If if you don't have good internet, it, it doesn't work well. Yeah. And uh, and I think you know I I think there's a lot of stuff that came to Stadia. Like I Brian, you mentioned that it wasn't supported well. I think it was supported well from like a software standpoint. I just don't think it was supported well in terms of like marketing or getting out there for like Google. Never really made the case to anybody outside of the circle that would be paying attention to it to say hey hey here's what you can do with our technology that is way cheaper than buying a PlayStation 5 yeah or an expensive PC or anything like that uh and then on top of that like the other major thing that I think has started to get solved or was starting to get solved was GeForce Now GeForce now leverages your entire Steam library against their streaming service. And it's not as full-throated as you would want it to be with people pulling their stuff out because they're like, we didn't agree to that. But still, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to buy Cyberpunk on Stadia and be tied to playing it on Stadia the entire time. If I'm at home, I've got this expensive computer, I can play Cyberpunk here, it's great. Make sure my save transfers and figure out a way to make it so that I don't necessarily have to buy it in two places at once. Like, I think that's where we're starting to head with a lot of this stuff. And they haven't quite gotten there yet. The The issue I had with GeForce Now was that I had to log in every single time I wanted to play a game. Like, for some reason, it wasn't caching, like, my logins for anything. So every time I tried to use it, I was having to log into GeForce Now and then also having to log into Steam each time I started a new game. It was making me log into Steam again. Or That's like weird. logging uh, or I could log into Ubisoft uh Uplay or whatever and I would have to mm-hmm. log into Uplay every time I stopped and started a game. It wasn't saving in that information and I'm assuming cuz of the nature of it being like your on a server, it's like using a new computer each time you log into a new game or something like that. I don't know. Like, I don't know how they could have fixed that. But like, I, I don't, I never actually, I didn't use, I haven't used GeForce Now myself, so I don't know how that stuff is supposed to work. And I mean, know, GeForce but, Now works pretty great in comparison mm-hmm. to, like, I mean, I was using GeForce Now to play Cyberpunk on my work computer uh, just to test it out one day. And um, it was when we didn't have as fast of internet as we have right now at work. And, uh, the computer at work only has a, what is it? A 1650 TI in it. Yeah. And I was, I was playing cyberpunk with ray tracing on that computer. So yep. that's pretty rad. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just, like, am I disappointed Stadia didn't work out? I'm disappointed from the standpoint of, um, I think the technology is really cool and there's a lot they could have done with it. And I wish more 
games companies would have gone along for the ride with that to see what they could do with it. And maybe I'm I'm sure just like everything else Google does is it's some learning experience for well, them to like yeah. they're going to use that technology somewhere else. They you know? they they have that in their message about Stadia um that they released and it uh, actually says that the technology has proven itself and they clearly see opportunities to um, implement it in YouTube, Google play and their augmented reality efforts. So yeah, I mean, I'm, we'll I'm see definitely, what happens. definitely interested to see like what they could use it for moving forward. Um, and anything involving augmented reality is just badass. Like I, man, I'm so hyped for the future. <laughs> I just want to be a Westworld robot, man. We Maybe you already a, are. We should start a band like They Might Be Giants and write joke songs like that. About wanting to be a Westworld robot. Yes, I'm sorry if, if you guys heard that uh, article thing come through. The other, the other thing that kind of came out with a lot of this... Uh, what John's, makes you think that came through? When yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got nothing. John's John's favorite uh, uh, intrepid reporter for Bloomberg, Jason Schreier, uh, reported that Google was play, paying tens of millions of dollars for people to port their games to Stadia. Things like Red Dead Redemption Two and other titles from Ubisoft, and so something tells me the return on investment. Was not particularly high. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's a lot of money to hand somebody to get their stuff on, on Stadia. And it didn't, you know, I get it if it's kind of the, they wanted to start the start the churn to, to get people to be like, oh, we get more users with the big games like Red Dead 2. And then, you know, people see that they need to bring their games to Stadia so that they can offer it to all of these other gamers that aren't playing it on other platforms. And then, you know, hopefully that would start the flood. But unfortunately, it, it did not start yeah. the flood. So, pour one out for Google Stadia. Uh, yeah. But uh, honestly, I think, you know, I think I think xCloud is going to get, I think it's going to keep getting better. And honestly, the proposition for it is great. If you pay for game pass ultimate already, you have games in not only on your Xbox and your PC, but you can play them in the cloud and the save transfers everywhere. It's that's, it's a great service. It's a great way to do it. I wonder if Microsoft just bought the technology from Google and was like, we're going to use this now. You guys can shut down stadia. Uh, who knows? They could go to Google now and be like, "Hey, we wanna we wanna incorporate your state." Hey, we tech. got all these AMD blades. We gotta get rid of. You guys want them? <laughs> yeah. Or uh, it'd be Google... sick to get our hands on one of those blades, though. You know, just to have like a Stadia blade to be like, "Yeah, hey, this is like." I mean, it's probably a pretty dope computer. <laughs> maybe maybe Google's like, "We've shut down Stadia, but you can get Stadia Coin, our new premier cryptocurrency, right. which is being farmed." <laughs> On thousands of Stadia blades, it's being farmed on all of your cell phones currently. That too, as well. Using yeah. using Google, you wonder why Google Chrome uses so much uh, memory in the background. <laughs> you can't we've been, buy... mi- we've been mining crypto this entire time. How do you think we paid for those tens of billions of dollars of Stadia games? 
Maybe they're going to have, they're going to be like, you can't buy Google Stadia controllers anymore, but you can buy an NFT of one. Right. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We found it. That's how they get their money back. All NFTs, right. Shall we, baby. shall we head into inside baseball? Yes. Let's do it. All right. Here's another thing you guys won't hear. Inside baseball. <laughs> there you go. Inside baseball. So uh, we haven't done this segment yet. This is meant to be a place where we can talk about uh, game mechanics and things behind the scene. We peel back the curtain of the video game developer and kind of get our get our hands into the guts and talk about how the game works. Uh, but it'll be more apparent after I get through kind of my preamble here. So I was on Reddit this week and user Ray Beto posted in our programmer humor uh this uh little graphic here that has a quote from todd howard the the uh, head of bethesda game studios known for their work on games like skyrim and fallout uh todd howard said quote if you're running low on memory you can reboot the original xbox and the user can't tell you can throw a screen up when morrowind loads sometimes you get a very long load that's us rebooting the xbox uh, and I found that kind of incredible, you know, the idea that you, your, your game, uh, your game is so bad at handling memory that you literally have to just restart the console out from underneath the player. Uh, number one, that's fascinating. And number two, the fact that that is such a common issue that it's built into the Xbox source development kit, uh, <laughs> and, and other consoles. it's not just Xbox. I'm sure this is probably something that you were able to do with some of the other consoles as well. Um, I think that's pretty, pretty unique and pretty cool and kind of a fascinating thing that, that, uh, you would be able to do with those, uh, with that tool set. So specifically, you know, this is dealing with a memory leak and there were a lot of other comments that were in this thread about kind of memory leaks and other kind of interesting stories about uh, developers' tricks that they used. Uh, and so one of them is something else uh, that handled memory leaks or bad trash collecting, per se, which is the same kind of thing. Like, if your game or program, you know, it could happen with, like, Microsoft Excel, but any piece of code that you're executing has to put stuff into memory so that it can access it quickly. But if it doesn't unload that stuff from memory when it doesn't need it anymore, that's called bad trash collecting, or or it could be considered a memory leak. And um, so another common way that that is dealt with uh, is in Breath of the Wild, apparently. There, there's a mechanic called the Blood Moon in Breath of the Wild. Do you guys remember the Blood Moons? Yep. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while you'd be playing the game, and then all of a sudden in the middle of you running around the field, you'd get this animation of the sky turning red, and you'd see monsters pop back up and everything. So apparently sometimes when that happens in like an unexpected way, when it's not, because it does happen on like a certain amount of time interval, but there will be times in the code when the game is executing it where there's something that's called a panic blood moon. And whenever the game has an issue where um, the game is running out of memory or some task is taking longer than it was expected to, it'll trigger a blood moon to kind of clear out the memory and hopefully get everything running the way that it should, which I found pretty fascinating. Hmm. There's a lot of like apocryphal information out there. People being like, Oh, the game can't remember how many people you've killed or 
whatever that apparently isn't true that's not necessarily why a blood moon occurs but there are some instances where like if you've killed a crap load of people and left a lot of items out on the field and it hasn't done a blood moon in a while it'll do a panic blood moon to clean everything up and then it doesn't have to keep all of the you know remember where all the enemies have been killed and remember the items that have been dropped in different places and all that kind of stuff so i found that so crazy it's just such a it makes me think about game development in a completely different way where it's it's just kind of that one piece of information that makes you think about like, oh, there are things happening here that I could never fathom to understand what's going on about how the game well, is loading. And that yeah, kind of thing. I, I never really noticed things like that until like Dying Light, the original Dying Light, when you would kill a bunch of zombies, like because there's always hordes of zombies everywhere. So you like kill a bunch of them, right? And their bodies would just lay there for a while. And then eventually, if you turned around and weren't looking at the pile of bodies and then turned back, you would have little packages on the ground if they had loot on them. Yeah. And the bodies would be gone. And then you can go and collect all the packages and stuff. Um, And I never thought about how, like, what that was and how that was handled until I saw that in Dying Light. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But... it's just it's a it's a cool cool concept some some something to think about that like we never you know it's like I, I you know you never, you never think like oh I guess it's almost like uh like what what happens to your soul after you die you know like but it's in video games you know like you're, yeah. the the creature's digital soul has died but its body remains and now we must free up some RAM so we're gonna delete <laughs> its soul too we pass it out of the RAM purgatory and it goes yeah. into yeah. And it gets um, fed. It gets reincarnated in into the system. Video game development is very zen. <laughs> there, there's one instance that I can think of. Like one of the first times that this kind of thing ever occurred to me was in Grand Theft Auto Three. And uh, whenever you would hop into a certain kind of car, you would start seeing it everywhere. And you're like, "Why yeah. the fuck did I go all the way over there to get the get the uh, what's the what's the Viper like car? Do you remember what it is? I don't remember. I don't remember the name uh, of it, but I know what you're talking though. about. You had to go to like the one car dealer to get it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. On the first, the first part of the, yeah, the first yeah. island or whatever. Yeah. And then you would see it everywhere in different colors and everything. And that's literally because it already had that car loaded into memory now. And it's easier for the game to put it out there multiple times than to have a wide variety of different cars out there. Right. You'll still see other cars come in here and there, but whatever you're in gets loaded more frequently and 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 it's simply like using the memory that it has which is funny because it's kind of the same phenomenon that you experience in life where you're like shopping for a new car or you hear about a new car and then you just start seeing it everywhere because mm-hmm. you now notice it and you know what it looks like and you can recognize it a lot easier it's kind of funny that it Yeah or like you talk way. about it you know and in, in you know with your cell phone nearby and then all your Facebook ads are that car you know yeah, same thing Exactly yeah it's the Grand Theft Auto guys have been, you know, they're on 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 the line with God and God. Is this like, is this real life? You. Like yeah. I don't know. Like, what <laughs> are what metaverse are we living in now? Uh, so the other some of the other commenters brought up some things. There's one in there. Uh, I couldn't find a primary source for it, but uh, there's a there's a 3D platformer game called Jack and Daxter for the PlayStation Two. And apparently, if the player ever heads into an area that isn't fully loaded then the game will force Jack to trip and give itself a little bit more time to load everything into where he's heading. Huh. Well, so there's certain places where, like, apparently you could get just a little bit ahead of where the where the system was at, 
and then it would just force him to trip like an actual animation trip put him on the ground make it so you can't move and then give the game an extra little bit to load more stuff in which is pretty fascinating um and then apparently the original wing commander uh used to spawn a dos memory manager error whenever you would quit the game so the developers decided to just hex edit that and make it so that instead of displaying an error, it would just say, thank you for playing Wing Commander, and you could hit OK, and it would go away. So that's pretty good. And then finally, this is on another level, and I think it's interesting because it's such a completely different set of problems based upon what system you're looking at or how old that system is or whatever it was. Uh, NBA Jam Tournament Edition on Genesis apparently had a Flash module in it where it could save your game stats so you could kind of like keep track of how well you did as you played games. Um, and they did not test the initializing of that module until after they'd already made 250,000 copies of the game. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently someone stumbled upon a solution where if you played two warm-up games and used your initials as XXX the first game and then NBA on the second game, it would properly boot up and start that flash module. And so they had to print out an, a leaflet that they put in every copy <laughs> of the game to show people how to, they were basically just like, here's what you do to use our auto stat feature. It wasn't like, Hey, we messed up. It was like, this is a thing that you can do to use our auto stats. Um, That's so, so crazy. Yeah. It's just on a whole nother level of like back in the day. You can't, they can't not going to patch those carts or something like that. You know, you got to right. just, Somebody cleverly found a way to brute force a, a way to make it work. But yeah, so a lot of crazy, interesting things in there. You know, some of the other things I can think about specifically tied to generations is like anytime you're playing a Tomb Raider or an Uncharted or a Last of Us and you got to move through a crevice. Yeah, it's that's loading the game. The next that's scene. the game getting loaded. Yeah, that, oh, well, yeah. That's, being, that's obvious. Being so in an elevator, a, you know, any of that. That kind was of a thing. a development by Crystal Dynamics for Legacy of Kane's Soul Reaver back in the day. It was the mm. first game without loading screens. Mm. Uh, it was the first CD game without loading screens. Let me rephrase, uh, because it had a uh, a mechanic where you would shift from the real world quote unquote to like the underworld and you could do it as Raziel like seamlessly mm -hmm. um, or like by using these particular fonts that are fonts. Uh, uh, yeah. It, like a, like a fountain like of a some sort kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, to shift between realms, but it was done without any loading screen. Yeah. And that was something that I remember being like a feature in PlayStation Magazine or EGM or something back in the day where they were talking about this amazing technology that Crystal Dynamics had developed for Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver because they didn't want to have to deal with loading screens going between these two different realms. They wanted it to feel seamless like it would have been if you were the character of Raziel going between the worlds, Like, yeah. which I remember that just being so fucking cool. And now just in this moment dawned on me that like they developed that and then later used it for the Tomb Raider series. And it's become like a standard operating procedure for a lot of different games now. Like that's that's so crazy. So yeah. Cool. Just the ways that, that developers find ways to hide these things that are just, you know, like and it's interesting because the advent of SSDs have kind of made that go away a little bit. You know, the ratchet. Well, it's, clank. it's kind of shifted into a different like like for instance I, there's a, a gif somewhere 
of uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, to go back from the beginning segment, uh, where they're showing the cone of vision that like yeah. Aloy can see, basically, or like you as the player can see from the camera, and how as you're panning, it's like rendering real time, like the things that you're panning towards, and then cutting the textures and everything of everything that's outside of your field of view. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of shifted from like the being loading screens to being like a, a real time rendering of rendering sorts. power. Well, that's that's called foveated rendering. And the crazy thing about some of the VR headsets, including the PSVR two, is that they track your your eyes to tune it to the objects you are looking at in game now. So that's, the PSVR two is going crazy. to spend more rendering power on the actual item you are looking at in the screen, and it will spend less resources on the things that are closer to your peripheral vision. Just imagine and, having yeah. a lazy eye and just making that thing freak <laughs> the fuck out. You know. <laughs> Sadly, maybe that feature will not work as well for people with lazy eyes. But uh, what if you're missing an eye? Does it only render? Fifty percent? No, I don't Maybe, know. Uh, who knows? You can. I tell wonder. It. I feel like VR wouldn't work very well with one eye. Unfortunately, yeah, I, I think you kind of have to have does. like the the bifocal the stereoscopic. Stereoscopic. <laughs> That's the word I was looking yep. for. Bifocal is not bifocal. <laughs> no. Let's yeah. listen. Just because you grew up with Ben Franklin doesn't mean we all know what we're talking about here. <laughs> didn't he invent the bifocal? He did. He did. You got the, that you got the reference. Class. But anyway, anyway, that was the first yeah. uh, Inside Baseball. Hopefully people enjoyed it. If you know of any fun tricks or tips or things that developers used and you'd like us to talk about or it. Or if there's any it. other topic in general dealing with de- game development that you want to hear us talk about and discuss, let us know. Yeah. Like I, I kind of when I thought of this thing, one of the first thing when I when we thought of this topic, one of the first things I thought about was like specific mechanics or things that we like. You could talk about like an exploration of what does roguelike even mean nowadays, or it could be even something like, hey, Final Fantasy X had this awesome thing called the Sphere Grid for leveling up your characters, and uh, what games have kind of stolen that? Like. And like here's special guest Zach eternity. to tell it, tell you yeah. all about it for the next four and a half hours. Zach will tell us how to break the game and fill the sphere grid for everybody, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, no. So anything like that, please let us know. We'd love to know what you would find interesting uh, to peel back a little bit. Even if it's just, uh, hey, I don't know much about this, but what do you guys know? I would like to look into some stuff for people. So that's Inside Baseball. Cool. Hell yeah. Well... That's this episode. And uh, not sure what we're going to cover next, but we'll figure that out. It's a dice roll every week. You it is, because that. having these these multiple segments that we've come up with, like I feel like it's kinda, it kind of shuffles it up for us a little the bit. The world is our oyster. Yeah. So if you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGamers.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network has a Patreon. The Patreon supports all the shows on our network. You could subscribe as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, David O, Alan K, and Corey Z for the contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quests. Side Quests are where we veer off outside of the realm of video games into food, beverages, movies, TV, and more. Join our Patreon to get those episodes a week early. I'm about to purchase the three cyberpunk comic book trade paperbacks on Amazon because 
I feel like it. So maybe we'll talk about that next side quest, not the one that we're going to record now, but in like two weeks. I don't know, something cool. like that. But anyways, as always, we do appreciate feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Peace.